Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch. The leaders since 1974, you've heard me say it uh, time and time again, they are NAIA, uh, born and bred over there, and they know how to get it done for your team. Tonight, we've got a newcomer to the NAIF Ball Podcast. Not a new team, but a new head coach, A.B. Stokes, who took over Bethel of Kansas last year uh, after uh, the departure of Terry Harrison. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great today. I'm 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 happy that I'm able to to be on the show. I'm I'm a big fan. I watch it. I watch it all the time. I watch all of the rankings and all that stuff. So uh, I'm I'm just happy to be here. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Hey, love love hearing that that coaches are are fans. I always uh, you know I always wonder about some of the demographics and I and I love hearing that because that means that that some of our um, uh, some of our sponsors get get to hit their target demos as well. Um, well, coach, I, you know, looking, looking at your team last year, um, you know, I noticed the silliest thing and that's that Bethel is not running the flex bone. Um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. let me tell you, it was a little weird to see a Bethel quarterback in the shotgun. I had to kind of rub my eyes there for a second going, Oh dear, what is this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That is that's not an easy transition. And I know y'all were still very, very run heavy just from a different angle. Mm-hmm. But what is what's the hardest part of transitioning a team away from just a very pure flex bone option offense to, to something a little bit more spread option and modern? Well, I, I can tell you what, uh, uh, I think the, the hardest part, um, it probably differs for, for every program that, that changes from maybe um some form of an offense to another, but for from for us, the hardest part changing from the flex uh, at Bethel College, uh, where we were, I say we, uh, but you know, Bethel was extremely successful running the flex bone. So the hardest part was kind of can you know get, getting people to to buy into you know the ideal of hey, we can we can be successful with the spread or or different offense, and so. Uh, I think that was uh, that was probably the hardest part. Uh, even with some of the the coaches held over, I can remember being in early meetings, and uh, and I'm guilty of it w- as well because I was on staff with uh, Coach Harrison uh, a few years prior uh, to his departure, and it's it I'm guilty of it as well. I'll sit in meetings and I'll be like, hey, well, this is how we did it in the flex, or this is this is what makes the flex good, or this is how we have to practice. So uh, <laughs> just just in, in figuring out what works within the spread offense that maybe, you know, 
didn't we couldn't do with a flex team or you know what did we do with a flex team that we can't do with a spread team so i think that that was the hardest transition was just the overall uh the overall just buy-in yeah and, and you know we've seen it with teams like georgia tech uh you know when they when they brought on jeff collins going uh, away from the, the paul johnson um triple it, it it takes a couple years but y'all seem to very much hit the ground running and so that's that's a credit to y'all's coaching and being able to bring in the right guys who are able to learn those new concepts. Yeah. You had mentioned that, that, uh, you know, you, you were coming back and, and yeah, absolutely. Your offensive coordinator for Bethel during, uh, you know, a great portion of, of Bethel's big glow up as it were. Um, what's it like coming back and, and kind of, you know, passing your, your old office and going, no, 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 I get the big one this time. Uh, I, I, I like my old office better. You know, I, I, every, every day I contemplate going back in there, you know, <laughs> every day I'm like, man, you know, I like, I like this one better. Uh, and, and, you know, not as many responsibilities in that office, but, uh, now it's, it's, it's been a joy coming back. Um, uh, and that's one of the things that, that really, really brought me back to, to Bethel is the work environment, the people, the, uh, you know, the administration and the other coaches on the floor and, uh, from the president, everybody at Bethel, you know, I, I just uh, had a great, great relationship. And, and I think they, uh, you know, they try to do things the, the right way at Bethel for sure. And uh, I was excited to just get back in and work with, with a great group of people. Now, looking looking back through your schedule from last year, um, one one thing really strikes me, um, <laughs> you know, um you know, bigger than any other, and and that is that win at Kansas Westland. I mean, that's <laughs> boy, Heidi. Yeah, yeah. I, I I clicked that history link yeah. on on your website, and 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 I see that thirteen game losing streak from two thousand nine yeah. to twenty twenty one. Man. What was that like in the immediate aftermath, knowing that you'd gotten that KWU Coyote off your back? Uh, well, you know, it, it was it was so, somewhat surreal. I I just remember I dropped down to my knees. I, I'll tell you the truth, man. I was thanking God. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm, I'm very uh, I would say spiritual. I would say spiritual, man. I'm, I dropped down to my knees. I was just thanking God. Uh, but it wasn't. It was surreal, but it, it wasn't like unbelievable because you know, fun, funny thing is. Uh, I thought that uh, this was our best chance to beat them because if you if you're a score watcher, you you'd see that they 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 had beat an opponent um, by massively. I don't think they had given up a a, a a point up until we played them in the season, and um, and and we were we were struggling. I mean, we we'd had a one point victory, and then like a, a, a maybe it was like an eight or nine, maybe ten point victory. Or twelve point victory against a similar, a common opponent. You know what I mean. And so, I, I knew that uh, it, some of you know, I knew that that it was a perfect time for to be underestimated. And uh, honestly, we walked in on Sunday, Sunday morning in our meetings, or Sunday afternoon in our meeting. And uh, I, I swear to goodness, I told the guys, I said, "Hey, you know what? I woke up this morning. I decided that hey, we're gonna win this game." Um, on on next Saturday, we're gonna win this game, and I told them I want them eating their cereal like they plan on winning the game, and everything they do, you know, you better do it like you plan on winning the game, and that was the theme of thing when you get on the bus, plan on winning the game, 
uh, it was a crazy game because, uh, you know, it was a weather delay. We actually ended up coming back on a Sunday and we kept saying the banners threshers, you know, like, hey, this is this is our sign. You know what I mean? That, hey, we're we going to drag this out. We'll play. We'll play on Monday if we have like that was the that was the kind of the mood of the locker room. So uh, it, it just always felt like, you know, we, we had a chance to win. And and I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like, you know, uh, Kansas Wesleyan didn't do really good things because, I mean, they had a chance to beat us at the end of the game. It was a great game. Uh, but but I, I do. Uh, I would I would be lying if I didn't tell you that we we didn't come in with the mind we came in with the mindset that uh, we we wanted to win the game we didn't care what the score said we knew everybody uh, outside of our program probably had written us off and so that's the best time to, that's the best time to play you know I've been an underdog all my life you know what I mean all my life you know I had to fight and scratch and claw for everything that I've ever gotten you know everything that I have I've always came through the back door so it just it just lined up to be a, a perfect time for for our program. And and you were spot on on that. You, you know, it's a one point win over McPherson. It's it's a twelve point win at Friends, who Kansas Wesleyan had dispatched uh, at home in the first week of their season by seventy points. Uh, you talk about that common opponent. You're talking about a, a whale of a swing there. But yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, absolutely. And and then you know later on the season you you get Southwestern and Novella back to back. We know what happens. Happens there, and we're sitting there score watching and tabulating scores at the end of the year, and trying to figure out who's gonna, who's gonna do what. And and yep. I know that, um, you know, it was, uh, I know it was, I, I know it was hard for y'all on Selection Sunday to have to to watch that and and just watch the 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 spots slowly get filled up and going. Oh man, yeah. Well, you know, it's um, it's one of those things where. Uh, I, I had I had faith all the way up until you know it was over uh, that we we would get in, but um, I think I think uh, the the people around us, our administration, I think they kind of had a clue because they they had experience with you know being selected and then not being selected, and uh, when when you don't hear from anybody, it's probably not a good sign, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and I mean our phones were silent. Uh, I was trying to call and, and get any kind of information that I could, and you know I was trying to do everything I could to, to, to kind of get an idea to prepare my team. But we had to sit there and, and we watched it and, and we didn't get in and it, and it hurt, but you know what, things happen for reasons. And, uh, uh, it's a, it's a feeling that, you know, we, we, we haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten the feeling and it's not a, it's not like a, a slight or like we feel like we're slighted or anything. We just feel like we, we came up short, you know, we, we had, um, a perfect opportunity and we, we didn't take advantage of it in, in the game and, and it cost us. And, um, you know, if we, we just want to move it forward, we want to try to try our best to, you know, to, uh, keep it, keep it in our own hands if at all possible. And, and I'm not saying that, Hey, we finna run the table next year. No, every year is a, it's its own year, but you know, the deeper you get into a season, the more, you know, what's at stake. I promise you this, if we, if we do have an opportunity, uh, you know, those last games are going to be played harder and harder. I promise you. Well, Coach, let's take a look at your, your team uh, coming up and, and kind of who's leaving because as, as we've been watching the, the Threshers over the last few years, there's a, there's a, you know, a couple names here, offense and defense, that, that are leaving that, that are the, uh, very much the OGs of, of Bethel football. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. For on, sure. on offense, it's, it's absolutely Chance Scurry. That man has yeah. been around Bethel for what feels like seven years. Uh, hard nosed runner, um, 
you know, but you do return a couple of all-conference offensive linemen and Cole Herman, Ryan Junkermeyer. You return your quarterback, DJ Sears. That that can't be anything but but good there. He was a great dual threat um, through the air and on the ground. You return your running back, Cassius McRae there, uh, you know, who is kind of your lead back, uh, first among equals uh, there for you. Talk mm-hmm. to me about, uh, you know, at, at least offensively replacing one of the OGs in, in Chance Scurry. Yeah, you know, Chance was just, I mean, he, he was everything that you, you want in a, in a, a football player uh, on and off the field. And that's hard to replace because, you know, uh, he was a leader, definitely by example, but guys respected him a lot. And uh, I feel like we've got, we've got uh, a, a really good running back room um, as far as as far as talent and, and leadership, and that's that's a credit to Chance of uh, showing some of the some of those guys how, how to lead. I mean, he, he he's gonna be he's gonna be hard to replace, but I know these guys are are definitely they're they're up for they're up for the challenge of not just replacing him, but but we call it honoring. You know, we want to honor the guys who who came before him, and um, Chance is definitely a guy who who, who will be honored. So, Coach, defensively, you've got an all-conference selection returning at every level of your defense, whether it be Doug Greider, Cade Miller, Brendan Sanders going from uh, front to back here. But, again, you're, you're having to replace one of the OGs and Josh Seabolt. And, 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 yeah, you got another Seabolt on your, on your roster, a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, but talk to me about, about getting better with what was already a, a good defense. Well... The thing about you know, when when you talk about, I want to address Seaboat and those guys uh, first. You know, you talk about Seaboat, you talk about somebody who uh, definitely an OG. Um, you know, him and Chance Curry the same level. Uh, the only difference between Chance and Seaboat is I personally recruited Josh Seaboat to Bethel College, and so um, you know he was a big reason uh, of of why uh, of why I came back. Um, and again, those guys, you can't replace, you just have to honor those guys, you know? And, uh, but it's, you know, that, that defense coach Schultz and coach Markham, they're our co-defensive coordinators. Um, and they do just such a great job. And, you know, I watch the offense go up against them every day. We're in spring ball now. And, you know, we watching these guys and we're just like, it's another year in the system. And, and I think that, you know, that's going to help with, with some of the defensive success that um, I'm quite sure we're going to see. I'm, I'm quite sure we're going to see uh, some defensive success. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, our defense definitely will be one of the strong points of our, of our offense. I mean, of our, our overall team. Um, so just being being uh, in the system again, those guys, they play so fast. It seems like they know their assignments really well now. Uh, they they know calls to different kind of sets and fronts and uh, it and they just play so fast they just play and and, and that's the thing that that's going to continue to contribute to uh, the success on the side of that ball. So, coach, you had talked about you know n- not hearing the call there on uh, on selection Sunday. You know, obviously Southwestern and Avila both get in. Um, uh-huh. It has not been that terribly long since it was Kansas Wesleyan being the only KCAC team and there yeah. was a lot of shade 
on K-Dub that the KCAC was just another one of these slappy conferences that were going to go in, be a one and done, get their butt kicked, get, and, and go home. And, and that, is, that is not what the KCAC is anymore. It's, it, first, it was, was y'all pushing for, pushing for a bid, getting a bid. Southwestern yep. comes along. Yep. Pushing for a bid, getting a bid. Now Avila's joined the mix, pushing for a bid, getting a bid. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there looking at, uh, you know, definitely two spots, especially now with, with your two auto bids between the between yeah. the, the sides of the KCAC. But you're really pushing for, for three now at, at this point. And depending on how you do, you're, you're getting there. You get Evangel in this year, who's a, a, a storied team with a good, good history there. Talk to me about continuing to grow as a conference and getting better on and off the field and making sure that everyone is taken care of. Yeah, so for, for me, you know, being a being a new new coach to the conference, you know, I just I just want to do my part. You know what I mean? I know I, I know the the uh, recent history and past history of the conference. Being a, a former player uh, in the conference uh, and and seeing the growth of the conference. Uh, primarily on the national stage that we're talking about. And so I just, you know, I just want to do my part. I want to make sure that um, we're continuing to uh, do the things we need to do and recruit, uh, you know, good people and good players uh, to put a good product on the field uh, that, you know, that definitely represents the institution, but if given the opportunity to showcase on the national stage, we want to, we do want to represent the conference uh, really well because we know at the end of the day, uh, it only helps. It, it helps us and it helps, uh, you know, all of the other KCAC schools uh, when when KCAC teams are in the in the postseason. And so that, that's why, you know, for us, it doesn't it doesn't matter who it is, uh, truthfully. And I mean this uh, when, when playoff time rolls around, we weren't in. Man, I was hoping Avila and Southwestern uh, went as far as they can go. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're hoping that these guys win. Um, I actually have pretty a pretty good relationship with uh, coach Griffin over at Southwestern um, and, and other coaches in the conference as well. So um, th- like I said, as a, as a first year coach, I'm not going to come in. I'm not going to try to change a bunch of stuff or try to uh, act like I, you know, I can create six more success for the conference. No, man, I want to jump on the train and, and make sure that, that we're doing the right things to keep it going in the right direction. Well, coach last year, Bethel college debuted and a, a, a mascot, Threshy. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you, I, I, was, I was watching a, uh, the, the live stream up, along with a bunch of, uh, of other folks on the server, and um, we had our own opinion about Threshy. <laughs> um, so, oh, Coach, man. I, I got I to hear it straight from your mouth. Is, is, is Threshy yeah. the best mascot ever? Is that man just straight nightmare fuel? <laughs> Hey, I'm rolling with Threshy. Threshy's the best mascot ever. Hey, you know, if he's scaring other people, good for us. You know, that's what the mascot stand for. But it's, it's funny you say that because, you know, uh, Threshy, Threshy can get a, it, it can he can come off a little creepy, man. Like he'll just, you know, you don't want to see Threshy in the dark alley for sure. But uh, my, my daughter, my four-year-old daughter, she loves him. Uh, we've got all kind of Thresher memorabilia in, in the house, uh, stickers. Uh, they just released T-shirts in the bookstore. I'm gonna have to go and grab some Threshy T-shirts, but uh, we definitely we uh, Bethel we love Threshy, man. It's a unique the, the Thresher 
uh, in itself is a unique mascot. I think the only one in the country for sure. Uh, but we, we, I'm rolling with threshing. For me, it's the hands. For me, it's the hands. <laughs> the, those thresher, like cog hands. That's, <laughs> that's the stuff nightmares are yeah. made of. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, coach. For sure. <laughs> coach, you know, eh, if if you're not improving, um, personally, professionally, if your team's not improving, you're you're falling behind. That's that's just how mm-hmm. things are. Um. So what what area of of your program, whether it be on the field or off the field, are y'all really putting focus into in twenty twenty three? Well, you know, we we definitely focus. Uh, um, way more off the field because the only the on the field stuff, if you if you look at it, as far as time spent throughout a whole year, is very very minute. It's very small. You know what I mean. So uh, our focus always goes into trying to do uh, little things right. Like we we spend a lot of I spend a, I personally spend a lot of time uh, going over grade checks on our guys. Uh, I spend a lot of time looking at attendance to make sure guys are going to things. Uh, I personally go and wake guys up if they're missing 6 a.m. weights. Like, I'm banging on the door uh, like I'm Chicago police. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm banging on that thing and, uh, you know, just holding guys accountable and uh, consistently trying to uh, just get better at, at little life things uh, because, you know, the our, our, our whole uh, philosophy is that if you can do those things that, you know, I, I don't, I don't, in no way, shape, or form, do I want to promote, uh, you know, football over education? But a lot of a lot of guys who play football, they go to college with football uh, being uh, their primary, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And for us, I say that's easy to do something full speed, something that you're passionate about. It's the things that you don't necessarily want to do. Matter of fact, I heard somebody say, I think it was Mike Tyson. I'm quoting Mike Tyson here. He said, yeah. discipline is doing what you hate like you love it. And uh, that's that's kind of what we uh, what we want our guys to do. We want them to to you know they they may hate this chemistry class, but they need to get there. They need to invest in it, and they need to take it seriously. And uh, because I you know the whole philosophy is if you can do things that you're not so passionate about at a high level, I know you're going to do the things that you're passionate passionate about at a high level. And so that's where a lot of our focus goes into. Um, on a, you know, if you want a, a little bit more football focused answer, uh, you know, obviously defensively, uh, continuing to be fast and, uh, offensively, we want to get better about just knowing our assignments so we can do a little bit more. Uh, we definitely are trying to improve in the past game and, and then we're trying to, you know, uh, just stay sharp within special teams. So, well, coach about, uh, three or so months ago, we had, uh, we have Mike Jasper on the on the NAIF ball podcast, and and he had mentioned that he was really hoping to start up with you a uh, House of God yeah, game. Yeah, tell yeah. me, tell me, tell me, are we getting a House of God classic here in twenty in twenty twenty three? We we are not. I would uh, love to do it. I would love to do it. Um, as you know, we we've added Evangel. Um, to the conference and uh, for the next at least two years, I believe we, we have to play everybody in the conference. Um, you know, we're, we're going to see how it goes. Uh, that just gives us 11 straight games. Uh, I, I will, you know, 
we voted on it. And I, I personally would like to play at least one, if not two, non-conference games um, just to just to see different people. But I know how it gets hard to schedule sometimes. And I think when you have a conference of 12, um, the easiest thing to do is just play play the 11 other schools and not have to worry about scheduling ever and um, and just, just go like that. But I, I do think uh, – and this is just my personal opinion, and I know the conference – I'm going to roll with, with whatever the conference does. I'm not going to complain. But I, I do think that um, if we do want to want to continue to – uh, show ourselves as a as a, uh, a have a strong national presence that it it might be smart to to get non conference games. Heck, and I just love the idea of doing that that Bethel on Bethel House of God matchup. That's that's a when, yes. when you're in a when you're in the NAI, it allows you to do certain things, especially yeah. when we talk about uh, religion and Christianity, and you've got all these Christian schools, and and I love it because. Um, one, it allows it allows me to to be a little more public about my faith. Heck, I'm looking at choir robes right there. Um, I'm literally in our choir robe room. That's 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 where we low budget do this thing. Um, but but yeah, and, and it allows us to be able to have fun like that and be able to do that. So I'm I'm hoping for both of y'all's sakes that y'all are able to get that scheduled at some point. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to. I would love to. Well, coach. We are very excited to see what the KCAC has to offer in 2023. Um, it's going to be an absolute blast. Um, yeah. You know, going going through and, and seeing uh, what everyone's got and, and seeing how Evangel adds to the mix and, and seeing how long it takes Terry Harrison to get friends back up and rolling and <laughs> if if McPherson can can really put it together, they've been they've been such a, a tough team over the last few years. They've they've nipped up, uh, you know, stepped oh, up yeah. and nipped people. It's it's a conference where you you, you never you never quite know who no, all's going to be good, and you got to be careful every single week. For sure, for sure, and that that makes it fun, you know, and it also makes it stressful. <laughs> Coach, just want to thank you for coming on the NAIF Ball Podcast, and uh, well, we'll see you in the fall. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. We got we got to do it again. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast, presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.